Welcome to EJB Talks, Rutgers Blaustein School Experts in Policy, Planning, and Health, where we talk with our faculty and staff experts, as well as students, about how the fields of public policy, urban planning, public health, health administration, and public and urban informatics affect your lives. Welcome to EJB Talks. I'm Stuart Shapiro, the Interim Dean of the Blaustein School, and the purpose of this podcast is to highlight the work my colleagues, and this season in particular, our alumni in the fields of policy, planning, and health are doing. This 30th anniversary year for Blaustein, we are focusing on our alums and the contributions they are making around the world. Today, we're talking to Moses Salami, who received his bachelor's degree in public health from Blaustein and is now pursuing a health administration career. Welcome to the podcast, Moses. Thank you, Dean Shapiro. I'm proud. Of, I'm happy to be here. Super excited. Thank you for having me. Excellent. That's the enthusiasm we like here at the podcast. Um, so let me start asking a basic question. What yeah, yeah. Uh, what led you into the career of working on uh, marketing for hospitals? See, I love those questions because if my path wasn't a linear path. You know, I, I didn't I didn't grow up saying, "Oh, I want to go into healthcare marketing." But it's interesting how I got into it, and I think each point in my life connected me to this moment. You know, growing uh-huh. up. I wanted to be a pediatrician, you know, and, uh, you know, I love kids and everything like that. And then I get to college, you know, you take a, a class that a lot of people know, organic chemistry. And then Ooh, it, I took that. <laughs> so it, organic chemistry is one of those classes that really weeds uh, those that, you know, are really serious that they want to be a doctor out or and not. And I always knew I wanted to be in healthcare. Healthcare has always been very interesting to me, um, especially when you look at Grey's Anatomy. I've always been very enamored with the hospital administrators and the CEOs on the show. So it was a great switch for me that when I was in my senior year, at Rutgers University, I took a class called Intro to Healthcare Administration. And that was with uh, Professor Vincent Joseph. Mm, And uh that class really opened my mind to different uh, avenues and career paths outside of the clinical. And once I took that class, you know, had a a great conversation with with Professor Vincent Joseph, you know, I took my first step into getting into healthcare administration uh, by applying to different hospitals. And my first job was at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. And then from there, you know, my understanding of operations and management and leadership and healthcare grew so much so that I was uh, presented with the opportunity to work in marketing at Holy Name Medical Center. And they were uh-huh. really looking for someone that kind of had an understanding of how uh, physician practices run as they have a large physician medical group that continues to grow. And I seem to be the great candidate. So through the power of networking, having a great friend from graduate school that was there, you know, also recommended me for the position as he thought I would be a great fit because I, you know, I have practice administration skills, management skills, and I can bring that into a marketing team that's looking to evolve and grow. That's great. And it's a good lesson for uh, for a lot of people. Most of our careers were not linear. I took yeah. organic chemistry because I wanted to be a chemical engineer. Oh, really? And uh, look what I'm doing now. Right. So uh, we all end up in places different than, uh, <laughs> than we often expect when we get into college or maybe even when we get out of college. So glad to glad to hear you share that um so i do have to ask you know i'm going to ask the naive question um why do hospitals need marketing it seems like they have a pretty captive client base yeah i mean you 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 would think so i think you know 
marketing is so important because there's so many different avenues that you can look at it, especially where we are in, in the Northeast. You know, the Northeast, there's no shortage of healthcare organizations, no shortage of pharma companies. Um, there's a lot of competition. We're a very dense area. There's a lot of people. Um, so therefore, competition is fierce, you know, so it's important for hospitals to really show showcase their values what they believe in and the and and what makes their organization special from the competitors and that's what marketing teams really do they really help present that big picture big picture that hospitals have and condense that down into bite sizes that the public can understand and consume whether that that's via social media uh, in newspaper magazines digital marketing um, marketers really are at the core of doing that and this also goes beyond just you know, a graphic ad or things like that, you know, community outreach, you know, working with elected officials um, and developing uh, different health fairs and events that can really connect the hospital to the community is so important. In this day and age, community engagement uh, is super important for the public, the community to really know that, you know what, this hospital, this healthcare organization wants to be a community partner. They want to understand what's going on in the community and be uh, uh, a valuable partner. So, Marketing has really evolved over the years. So are you marketing? You're not just marketing to potential patients, but also mm-hmm. to your community at large, yeah. to doctors, to, mm-hmm. to others. Am I getting that right? That's correct. I'm marketing to patients in the community, uh, the community at large, as well as to other physicians to encourage them to work with us. You know, I, you know, my role is dually business development and marketing. So in some capacities, I'm recruiting physicians to work mm. with the health organization to really grow our service line uh, and to bring more medical offerings to the community. You know, one uh, service line that we were able to get up and running here at St. Michael's Medical Center was the start of our stroke care line, where we have interventional neurologists now at our hospital able to provide stroke care uh, to our hospital, to our patients, to the community, especially in this part of Newark in the Central Ward. Gotcha. I'm glad I asked because I did not uh, pick up on that from uh, from the job description there. Mm-hmm. So how did all changes. this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how did all this change uh, during the course of the uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic? Yeah, uh, man, COVID. That was a <laughs> that was a busy time for for the whole world. I would say. I think particularly at Holy Name. I you know at that time because I was at Holy Name when the uh-huh. start of the pandemic. Uh, happened and even through the, through the height of it. And, you know, the response from our leadership team, from our CEO down to everyone in the hospital was amazing. Everyone stepped in, uh, helped out, volunteering, doing what they can to play a valuable role in all that was happening. Uh, particularly for myself, especially with the marketing team, you know, it was like we were working around the clock. Because sure. the, first thing, the first thing that we had to develop was a, a toolkit. Now, a COVID toolkit is what we developed as a way to communicate to the public, one, what is COVID? You know, what are the symptoms that we're currently seeing? How is it spread? Um, we use this as a primary way to debunk a lot of misinformation that was going on. As, as you can imagine, when a pandemic, when the pandemic happened, there was a lot of, you know, hysteria, a lot of people believing this and that, not sure what was happening. So as the hospital, as the respected entity in the area, you know, it's important to uh, provide educational information out there. So we worked on a lot of that uh, to put that out there to educate the public that maybe, you know, um, these are the symptoms. This is what you can see. 
Um, at the same time, letting them know what are the treatment offerings that we do have, like the monoclonal antibody uh, treatment mm. um, and other different things. And also on the top of that, too, we also have to communicate everything to our internal employees. They want to know what's going on as well. So we had to develop internal communications that talked about, you know, how to keep yourself healthy, you know, what are the uh, uh, new rules and regulations that we're now following uh, to make sure everyone in the hospital is safe, as well as putting information about different places that we would advise you against from traveling. Maybe they have a high risk of COVID at the moment. So there was a lot of communication operations that were going on. Uh, we really switched from regular marketing, as I would say, to crisis communication, communicating to both the public and our employees. So it wasn't just the doctors and nurses that were working around the clock, although God knows they were as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it was it was really a team effort from all levels of the hospital. Um, and um, you know, especially on the front lines, the nurses, the doctors, they were amazing. And it was great to see everyone work together. So um, I want to ask, because you were, when you were at Blaustein, a public health major, yeah. um, before you got into health administration, I wonder which of the skills that you picked up doing that, um, even though your path did diverge from that some, that uh, you use in your current career. Yeah. I, so just like you said, my undergrad is in uh, public health. And I work in health administration and marketing now. But I will say, although I'm more on the health administration and marketing realm, a lot of the public health concepts and tools I learned really help me in what I do now. You know, when I'm looking at, you know, different data sets right now that are presented to me as to, you know, uh, prevalence of different diseases that are happening in our county and our zip code, those things also inform the type of marketing campaigns that we're doing. You know, for instance, you know, we want to make sure that we're, we're finding ways on how we can uh, reduce, you know, the prevalence of diabetes uh, uh, in our community. You know, so therefore, looking at that data really informs me, okay, we need to develop marketing campaigns, uh, educational info sessions, health fairs that are around uh, diabetes um, so that the community can understand what it is. They can understand what are the ways to reduce your risk or your symptoms um, and different things like that. So public health concepts is still at the core of what I do. And I will even say that, you know, it was great for me to have that understanding of public health because it, public health impacts everything that we do here in the hospital, especially in my relationships that I work with, with the health departments and other population health managers. Um, I would bet that both your uh, public health background and your health administration experience um, can help you answer my next question, which is, as you look to the future, what are the big challenges that organizations like yours um, face? That's, a, that's a, a big question. And I'm sure anyone that's in policy probably could go on a large tangent about you know different things like that. Um, so I think from my experience, from what I see from um, currently in the future, a couple things that I think that are going to be the biggest challenges are I think it's going to be staffing. I think staffing is a big role, especially for nursing and clinical positions. We're seeing a shortage uh, across the country, especially in nurses. And I, I think the pandemic played a part in that. And all hospitals right now are looking for ways to recruit. You know, everyone's trying to get as creative as possible with the hopes that they can grow their nursing staff and, and, um, and you know, fight the shortage that they may have in their healthcare organization. Um, so that's one. I mean, I think another question that everyone always talks about um, is the healthcare model that we currently have in the United States, whether that's, you know, are we going to move towards value-based purchasing or are we just going to stick with fee-for-service? And that's a great question, and I'm sure there's pros and cons to both sides of it. I do think, you know, there 
there is going to be some type of disruption in healthcare in some way, shape, or form. I think, you know, the model that we currently have is going to evolve in some way. You know, who might be the person that comes up with the great model to make it happen? Maybe, maybe Google, Amazon, or Walmart, you know, as they all have different healthcare divisions. But I do think, you know, the way we're looking at fee-for-service, I think that model might change in the future with a more, with a more focus on, you know, better patient health outcomes, you know. Uh, what is the quality that we're bringing to the patient experience? How can providers focus on, you know, making sure patients have better outcomes versus, you know, per se, the volume of procedures uh, and services they provide, you know. So it's a very controversial controversial topic. So everyone has their bits and pieces of it. So I, you know, I'm still researching and trying to stay up, up to date on what I think on that every day. Well, you know, as a policy person, I, I could easily go down that rabbit hole with you for, mm-hmm. uh, for a good half hour or so. I do wonder whether or not, um, you know, that's going to be a sort of top-down question. Is Medicare right. going to end up driving the answer to that question? Or right. is it going to be a bottom-up question where hospitals or, like you said, Google or Amazon comes up with systems and then it bubbles up and, and spreads? Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, and I can see it going either way. When you talk about staffing, are you talking about just doctors and nurses? Are you talking about people in positions like yourself? Um, I ask as someone who's a dean of a school that trains people like yourself. So um, <laughs> I do wonder where those staffing shortages are going to yeah. be. Yeah. So I think more so the staffing shortages probably are going to be on the clinical end per se. Right. Um, so you're talking about your nurses, your your technicians, whether that's you know X-ray or ultrasound, you know different tech texts like that, um, as well as physicians, you know, maybe more so on the, uh, on the primary care end and internal medicine end. A lot of physicians nowadays are heavily specializing uh, in different um, uh, uh, categories versus the normal, you know, internal medicine, uh, see your primary care doctor. So I think staffing shortages might come from there specifically, but in terms of administration positions, uh, such as myself and um, administrative leadership roles, I don't think we'll have a shortage there. If anything, I think there's a, there's been a great interest in those roles over the last, you know, 10 years that, that I've been in the industry. I, you know, um, I'm seeing new le- uh, leaders come into the industry at each and every day. I'm seeing how big the classes that are graduating from universities all the time. So I don't think there's going to be a shortage of healthcare leaders to come. Okay, so that that the message to our students then is you're going to need to excel and stand out. Not Absolutely. don't not don't come to our program because there won't right. be jobs, but right, rather right. Uh, yeah. you, you're going to need to really work hard and excel in order to, to to make it in this field. All right. Well, with that in mind, what uh, what parting words of advice do you have for uh, for students entering your field? Yeah. So a couple of uh, tips of advice I would say for anyone that wants to get into health administration and marketing is. You know, I'll, I'll give a couple gems real quickly. So number one, I always say this to everyone, networking is key. You know, you want to be involved in the healthcare industry in some way, shape, or form. There are so many different associations out there that you can be a part of, like the American College of Healthcare Executives. Um, in New Jersey chapter is very active. There's a lot of professionals in which you can plug into and meet. You know, NACI New Jersey, which is the National Association of Health Service Executives. I'm part of the New Jersey chapter as well. Both of them have really been beneficial in my own professional development and also meeting other professionals in the healthcare industry. And that's great so that you can grow your network, see what other people are doing, collaborate and see maybe, hey, maybe different opportunities can arise for yourself. So someone that's graduating from Blaustein School, 
you know, you want to get your name out there. You want to be active, network and meet people. Um, the other tidbit, which I think people would say it's common knowledge, but you know, when, it, when you're talking to college students, I always have to make it very plain and clear. Keep your LinkedIn and your resume up to date. You know, your LinkedIn and your resume is like your, uh, your badge of honor. You know, recruiters are always looking for new talent and you want to make sure that, you know, you are able to market yourself. You know, everyone might say I'm not a marketer, but hey, you're, I always say you are a brand already. So market your brand. Therefore, you are a marketer. So how do you get your name out there? Have a great LinkedIn. You know, make sure it's filled out correctly. Have a great photo. You know, you list your um, the past experiences you have. And make sure you try and take on new challenges at your current jobs and your internships. And the last piece I will say, internships are very, very important. The Blousing is a great program as I was a student there and I had a great internship my senior year uh, as far as my um, capstone project. And, you know, I interned at um, Rutgers University in Newark, and it gave me a great experience into seeing public health uh, in action, you know, and that really molded what I do now and really helped me get my first job. So internships are going to be very important. And the last piece I saw, I know I said the other one. <laughs> the, the super last piece. It's the super last one, you know. Public health, health administration is very broad. You know, a lot of students go into this, but when you take on this major, really try and search what are you interested within the major. You know, that can save you a lot of time, a lot of searching. Try and understand, is it quality? Is it, you know, you're interested in the finance realm of things, the marketing end of things? You know, are you interested on the policy end of, of public health? There's so many routes that you can go. Therefore, it's so important to talk to people in different industries within, you know, those realms, connect with people, take on different internships, volunteer, and really find what you're what you're interested and passionate about. It's very important. Great. Well, you know, even though your your last piece of advice was actually your next to last piece of advice, that was uh, that was great and uh, and and really helpful. Moses, thanks so much for those wise words and for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. And a big thank you, as always, to Amy Cobb and Karen Olson for uh, producing, for uh, getting this out. Um, and uh, to everyone, we will see you next week or in a week and a half with another alumni. Uh, and until then, have a great Thanksgiving and stay safe. <laughs>